0: Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com
1: B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the B-Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response an approach in which every child is supported by a team through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more jigsaw learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca.
2: And so I think if they, if they know that you respect them as human beings, and allow them to be professionals i think that relationship can be positive over time and build and you know it's that trusting idea they they need to be able to trust that you are who you say you are all the time and be consistent
0: Thoughtful Dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Today, we're going to hear from Deborah, or Deb Caruso, who is the 6 to 12 Mathematics Curriculum Chair for the Whitman-Hanson Regional School District. Her responsibilities include teaching, evaluation, and review or upkeep of the curriculum used at the middle and high school levels. However, the aspect of her position that she enjoys most and finds the most rewarding is coaching or mentoring teachers. She holds a bachelor's in mathematics from Bridgewater State, a master's in secondary mathematics education from Cambridge College, and a CAGS in educational leadership with a concentration in mathematics from New England College. So like I said, today we welcome Deborah, and I have to add one of the really cool things about getting to talk to Deb today, is one, that she teaches in the building that I'm the principal of So that's just a little bit of transparency there. But two, the special thing is she's actually the one that pushed me over the ledge to start this podcast. We were in my office one day and as I tried to make an excuse, she called me on it like she does so well with her students in her classes. So welcome, Deb.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I, you know, I love taking credit for things, but I was surprised. I was surprised you hadn't started a podcast already, I'll be honest. And that I just said that and I don't think you needed much of a nudge.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was good because uh it's always good when we try to make an excuse when we're telling others not to and then we get called on it. So, uh
2: yeah. I, Why would you call me out on that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I, I'm just going to start with something obvious because I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get to see you in the classroom and and what you do around the school. And what is it specifically that you love about being a school teacher slash leader? Because you have a foot in both camps there.
2: I do, and I I think it is a very unique lens. Um, getting to do both has opened my eyes to a whole lot of things. I get to kind of see, you know, what actually happens real time in the classroom, um, while also getting that. Kind of administrative feel, so uh, that's been the really the coolest part of of this position by far. I do love my teaching, though. I love getting in my classroom. I love engaging those kids. They crack me up every day. They just they give me life. They really do. They're they're great. Those you know, this afternoon I actually had one. Just the aha moments when kids just they something just clicks and and it's it's just it's magical there's something very magical about all of that and you know i love to entertain so i like to sing i like to dance i like to put it all together and you know i get to do all of that crazy stuff and hopefully the kids get a laugh out of it as well as learn something
0: well there you go if you know we <laughs> yeah. usually learn best when we're having fun so there you go That's that seems to work so you know along those lines you really talk about how much you like teaching what do you consider one of your best accomplishments as a teacher
2: so I have to say, you know, the thing that I've taken away from my past, however many years experience, I'm not going to date myself. But, you know, basically, um, no one cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And that's kind of the moral of my my biggest achievement that I feel as a big achievement. I always as a younger teacher felt like I had to keep this wall up with my students, that I was the teacher and there was this level of professional and student. And it, it was more of a me versus them kind of a situation. And I didn't really share much about myself. I kind of kept that quiet and I didn't really engage too much with them a little bit, you know, surfacey things. And then the class of 2011 came through the building and and that class really was um, a catalyst in changing how I view teaching and and relationships and and the idea that your relationship with a student not only affects how you feel about teaching, but also how they feel about your class. So I just, I remember distinctly, um, we used to have these little 35 minute blocks built into the day called seminar. And I had a group of kids and this was probably the group of kids that I, that I knew the best because I had had them from freshman year all the way to senior year, the same period every day. I'd see them every day for four years. So I got to know them pretty well. And I remember a kid coming in, this kid, Kenny, he came in, he was all upset, just kind of sat in his chair, really in a huff and all mad and grumbling under his breath. And, and I, Kenny, what's the matter? He's like, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I'm like, Well, don't tell me who you're talking about. (laughs) I don't even care. I'm going to fail his class. I just, I don't even care. I'm not doing the work. I'm not just. And in my head, it clicked that this kid did not like his teacher for whatever reason. And he made the choice that he was going to fail his class. I did not think that those two things were related at that point. I didn't realize that, oh, if a kid doesn't like you, if they think you don't care about them, they will just not do anything in your class. And, and that's a thing that they they will decide to do. And I I had no idea. I, you know, that wasn't my mentality when I was in high school. Of course, I didn't like every teacher I had, but my parents would have killed me if I didn't do right. well in class. <laughs> right. and it was never right. an option, you know, for me. So this mentality was new for me. And it kind of really opened my eyes to that idea of, oh, wow, I I need to kind of take a look at this. So that's kind of, you know, the first kind of thing. And then my very best friend in the world right now is a former student from that class. I was in her wedding in the fall and we, you know, it started out, she was a freshman. She would come in every day, head down on the desk, had kind of a rough life outside of school. And by the time she was a senior, she was spending her free periods in my classroom and we would just chat and I would help her with math or chemistry, whatever it is she was working on during my prep and and her seminar period. And we just got to talking and and she started babysitting for my kids. She's just such a great kid um, and had grown up a lot in that time. Um, again, started babysitting for my kids. And once she graduated, she became a hairdresser. She started cutting my hair. And then I, you know, brought her to my gym after a while because I was going to a CrossFit gym at the time and she was just kind of looking for something. So I brought her in there and she became such a part of the community. And actually the man that she ended up marrying was a coach there. <laughs> She's just become such a part of my life. And, and it's just funny that she was a former student and, and people can't believe, you know, when they see us together, it's like, wait, you, you were her teacher? How, How the heck did that happen? (laughs) You know, how this relationship? And you know, it was just a slow thing, slow and steady thing over time. But there's a lot of kids from that class, and since then, that I kind of still connect with on social media. And just, you know, it does color your world of teaching in such a, I don't know, it's just such a more positive light when you can connect with the kids it's, it's kind of, there's two aspects to your classroom. You know, you want to, you want them to get excited about your content. You want them to be engaged and do well, but also you want to get to know them and you want, you want them to know you and, and you want them to feel comfortable. And all of that comes when they know how much you care about them. And, and I really, I really do credit that class um, for opening my eyes to, to how important um, relationships are in the classroom. And it's helped me with everything from you know it, it's great and it, it makes the classroom environment great, but it also helps with classroom management. It helps with you know kids who don't typically do well will tend to go the other way instead of my friend Kenny who <laughs> said, "I, I don't want to do your class because I don't like now they you know if they like you, they might tend to do your work because you know they have a they have a positive feeling about that class. and so you know, it was just kind of something I learned. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's, you know, that it's, it's funny because we always hear relationships, 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 and that they're the key to everything. But when, when somebody has an experience like you did, where it's just that, that powerful thing, it reminds me of a couple things, a, a couple thoughts that it's funny because my, my football coach and the first year I ever wrestled my wrestling coach, he was at my high school and he was a teacher. He was one of the first people that made my wedding invite list to come to my wedding. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just because of that relationship thing, you know. And he gets a Christmas card every year, so we don't we don't have that kind of relationship that you have with uh, the individual you're we describing. But it's funny how, if that relationship is there, you remember it in whatever form or fashion. And um, I was thinking, you know, boy, isn't that a familiar feeling for leaders to get closed off sometimes because of the personal feelings that they may have for the teacher or that they feel the teacher has for them. And so what you're talking about, the idea of relationships, how does how does that play into the teacher side of you when it comes to working with teachers? Because you also, it's interesting because you also have that role where you're an evaluator of teachers. And so how does the idea of relationships for support and things like that play into that?
2: So definitely, I feel like it's, it's similar. I mean, we're all human beings, whether we're 15 or we're 58, you know, we're, we're all humans and we all very much have a similar psychology. And I really I I treat my students no different than I treat my colleagues. I don't treat students differently simply because they're younger. And I think they they you know they feel that. And same thing with adults. You know I I treat them as professionals. I treat them as human beings as well. Those are two kind of different things. But sometimes those two worlds collide, and you have to deal you know be able to deal with with both of that. You know sometimes life and your professional life you know collide. And I think that. You know, I have the benefit of knowing these, a lot of these people for a long time. I've been here a long time and I, I, I've cultivated relationships over the years, but I, I genuinely care about them they are. I feel like we're a team um, and I think that's the biggest part. I want to make sure they feel that they're part of the team, that they matter, that their concerns, their issues, their questions, their, their wins, their losses, their whatever, are, all matter and are all part of you know, that collective group called us, you know, that that math, <laughs> yeah. that math department. Yeah. Um, and I just, that's kind of the idea. I, I want them to feel as though they're cared for, that they have support, that they know that I'm not going to take things personally, that, you know, I understand, again, that they're human beings first and, and their family needs to come first and their their life outside of here is more important than anything that they could be doing here and so i think if they are if they know that you respect them as human beings and allow them to be professionals i think i think that relationship can be positive over time and build and and um you know it's that trusting idea they they need to be able to trust that you are who you say you are all the time and be consistent it's like with toddlers too you know and i don't mean to say that as you know in a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in a condescending way, but, you know, that consistency, being who you are, if you're authentically you all the time, then you don't have to work so hard at being consistent because, you know, you just, you are who you are and they know and and they know what to expect. And I think that also helps and plays into that trusting idea.
0: No, that's the idea of if you are who you are, you don't have to work as hard, right? I mean, yeah. you, you don't have to put on airs or anything like that. You And, and just... Just to make sure I'm hearing you right, because I think you just dropped some serious things for leaders to pay attention to when they're, whether they're new to a building, whether they're they're a veteran of the building and they've moved up or anything like that. The idea that you have to value the people, you have to get involved and you have to be authentic in your caring. So if you're not ready to care for people, then you may want to consider not doing that role of being a leader so that you're all in it together as us. And that's what builds trust. The the idea of respecting them,
2: and they need to see you getting your hands dirty too. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't ask anyone to do anything. I'm not first willing to do myself and model for others. You know, and and I think that helps with it as well. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) leadership. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, it it goes a long way when you when you see the person that is that you look to as your leader, because we talk about if you're leading, you're serving. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're leading properly, so. Show me somebody that isn't serving somebody else that doesn't do something that they're asking the other person to do that doesn't exist. So but so we've talked about these different things and, and things that went well and, and all of that. So let's look at the flip side of the coin. I always like to kind of turn it around and as a way to maybe highlight some ways that a leader could have supported, engaged, or empowered you during a difficult time. Can you think of when or a time that you didn't do well as a, as a teacher or, or a leader and how you overcame that situation or how you were helped in that situation, if you were helped.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started teaching, I mean, I was kind of thrown into it. <laughs> I was new. I, I, I basically called the school to see if I could set up my student teaching. And they said, you have a math degree. Do you want to start with a paycheck <laughs> in September? I was like, okay, sounds good. So I started, you know, August of my I graduated, got my diploma and started in August. So I was a I was wet behind the ears to say the least when I when I first walked through the doors um, to teach. So I think that in of itself made me more of an observer and less of a leader. I just, I wanted to kind of see what was going on. I knew what I believed and I had my own pedagogy and my own you know, ideas, but I wanted to learn. I wanted to see there were veteran teachers and there was plenty for me to learn and, and see. Unfortunately at the time, the person that had my position that was was the department head at the time, I, I didn't really see eye to eye with her. And I, I thought maybe, you know, as I gained more information and I, I kind of learned more and observed more, maybe I would kind of be able to see <laughs> kind of where she was coming from. <laughs> um, but I never really felt that. Um, I, I just kind of over time and then then kind of years went on and I just kind of, I took what I could from people that I respected and, and uh, uh, liked, you know, from different people but I kind of kept myself closed off. I was, I kept to myself. I didn't really get involved with my department too much. Kind of just stayed below the radar. Um, and, you know, I thought maybe I didn't engage partly because I, you know, I didn't really see eye to eye with my department head and I didn't want to get into any arguments. I was young. I didn't want to, you know, maybe lose my position or, um, you know, you don't know when you're a young kid, you really don't. You don't know what could happen, but, but I didn't feel like my beliefs about teaching and learning would be respected if I did share them. So I really Mm -hmm. did keep to myself, which, which I regret now, but, you know, again, I think as a young kid, I didn't know if I was just being respectful and staying in my lane as the young teacher coming in, should I keep my mouth shut and do my job and learn what I can. And someday I'll have tenure or whatever it's called at that point, you know. And, and right, I can right. open my mouth. <laughs> I'll be able to yeah. open my mouth, you know, at yeah. some point. But you know, when I dig a bit deeper, I do think that that leadership that we had at that time was not the kind of leadership that I flourished under. Um, it kind of kept me, you know, to myself and 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 kept that potential kind of inside instead of you know outward where it should have been. And and I think a good leader tries to see the strengths and weaknesses in their employees, in their, in their colleagues, whatever, and, and tries to bring those things out and, and help them shine, you know, wherever they can and at least bring more ideas to the table, um, instead of just kind of like that dictatorship, that old school mentality of leadership, um, where it's the boss instead of a leader. Right. So Things did end up changing um, over time. As I gained more confidence, as I gained more um, education, I did realize, okay, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, how I do things is okay, and it's fine. And we did have a change in leadership, and that change in leadership was huge. Um, It really was a catalyst for me as a leader. It, It made me, not only did I feel like I could share my ideas, I felt like they were respected, that they were wanted, and that you know i got the idea from my my former department head that you know it was not only important but it was like needed for the department to move forward you know my experience and my education level and the things that i was doing in my class he very much wanted me to share with the group and and that did bring so much out of me as a leader and i i i became a mentor and i that i really took to that and loved that that part of what i was doing at the time i do love working with teachers and And helping them and and coaching them through all their craziness (laughs) that those first few years (laughs) can bring. But really, you know, to me, I think leadership matters. Your relationships matter. Communicating directly matters. All of these things I think would have helped me um, not to retreat and to be more of a team player in my earlier years. Younger teachers are going to think that they're not worthy of saying anything when there's veteran teachers around. They're going to kind of like I said, stay in their lane. So they need that leader to show them that, no, we want your ideas. We want your, you know, you're fresh, you're new, your, you have new ideas that you can share with us. Yes, you can learn things, but also we can learn from you.
0: That's, the, I'm so glad you brought that up because as as you were saying that and you were letting leaders know what they can do to bring somebody out of their shell, it makes me think about, and, and especially that's what I like that you went back to the younger teacher piece because You know, we we talk about building relationships and taking time and making connections and that all takes time to happen. So how does a leader, is even with those strategies that you were mentioning, is there a way to speed that up, that feeling up for younger teachers or is it just kind of a younger teacher thing? Because I mean, yeah, whatever you want to call it, professional status, tenure, there's always kind of that fear built in a little bit. But how can a leader, or maybe how could have your, your leader at the time, brought you out of your shell more or made you feel valued quicker. Is there a way to speed that up or no?
2: I think the individual relationship could have been cultivated more. Um, I think it's important not only to be able to work together as a team, but I think that you need to be able to work with everybody independently. You need to be able to feel comfortable going in and having a conversation with each teacher independently. Just the two of you having a conversation and be direct about it. If there's something that those that you're seeing in that teacher's class that you like, tell them. They'd be so happy. <laughs> I would have been right, so happy right. if, if this woman said, Deb, I'm really impressed with what you did today. But it was just, you know, my evaluations were always, they read like minutes of a meeting. You know, it wasn't, there was yeah. no emotion behind any of it. And, you know, I'm kind of the opposite. I probably put too much emotion in my, <laughs> in my evaluation. Yeah. You are the most fabulous human being on earth. <laughs> we couldn't live without you. Yeah. Um, you know I could probably take it down a notch or two but i don't I don't think there's any reason not to if you're thinking something and it's a good thing tell them no if you think you think something and it's a bad thing think of a better way to say it and maybe.
0: yeah think of a better way to tell them <laughs> tell still tell them but think of a better way to tell them yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> you know it's not a better way it's funny because you mentioned that and you think you know when you're building relationships or you're you're interested in making those personal connections, it's uh, the thing that comes to mind is everyone, every minute, every day. And the reason that I think that is because often when we're building relationships or doing things to build relationships, it kind of goes on autopilot after a little while. And I had a very personal experience just a, just a little while ago where I do those 15-minute meetings in the middle of the year for teachers to tell me what I'm doing that I should keep doing, what I'm doing that I should stop doing and something that I can help them with. And one of the teachers said something interesting to me. She said, you know, you're personable, you're approachable, and you're professional at the same time. But I would love every once in a while after a meeting, if you would just stop and talk to me about life. And, um, you know, I thought to myself, because I was like, well, I I talk to people about lives. You know, instantly you get defensive, you know? I know. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, what? But I thought about it. And when I paused, not that specific teacher that often. So while I could recall times doing it with other teachers and other people in the building, this particular staff member, I I hadn't done that with. And so it's, you know, it's interesting that once you start doing it or you get to, I don't know whether there's a critical mass or, no, or yeah, what. I, mean,
2: who knows? I think it's different for everyone. Right. And you have a much more difficult situation because you have so many more people that you have to connect with. And you know all the responsibilities of your job on top of that, so it is harder to do the more people that you have to connect with. True, but still important, Um, and still
0: something that deserves the focus or the majority of focus because you know, like the way you're talking about relationships, relationships, relationships. If if I'm spending a lot of time, or if any leader is spending a lot of time building those relationships, well, when rough times come along, people know. And like you had mentioned, circling back again to you, uh, mm-hmm. I told you you're going to have a bunch of wisdom <laughs> to share with people. People are going to trust you because right. they know they know you on that more human level that you were talking about. That's a really good point. Moving on from that, you know, you're, you're uh, we keep moving this back to leaders. What do you think the key things are that a leader can do to support? engage, or empower their teachers?
2: So I think I touched a little bit on that, but to just kind of make it a little more concise, definitely respect them as professionals and individuals. So yes, they are professionals and they ha- they come to you with experience and with education and with pedagogy of their own. Um, respect them as professionals. That's one thing, you know, I think sometimes leaders, especially in my position, fall into the trap of everyone needs to be the same you know? And the way I look at teaching is, yep, we're all given the same coloring book page, right? We're all given those standards. We're all given those black lines and there's a picture. Okay. We have to get through this, but the way in which we all color it in and shade it can be completely different, but we'll get the same place and they'll all be beautiful, right? There's so many different ways that you can do this job. Be open to the fact that things that you might see as, you know, the best teaching practices, there's, those aren't the only ones, you know, there are things that, you know, and I, I, you know, I'll bring things to the table every month to our department meetings and say, okay, this is something I found that's an assessment strategy. This is something I found that's a um, instructional strategy. If it sticks, great. If it doesn't, all right, maybe next month something will stick and you'll like it because not only does something have to have that, you know, it, it's great. It's a strategy, but it has to work for you. It has to work with your personality, with who you are, or it's fake. You have to be authentic. And if something feels fake that you're trying to do or doesn't feel right to you, it's, you know, let the teacher have that response, that, that um last say, that final say, so to speak. So treating them as professionals, knowing that they know what they're doing, you know, because you hired them. So let them do their work.
0: <laughs> right. Right. No, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Don't be too bent out of shape if I bring a coloring book page to the next meeting. <laughs> no, that's that's a great analogy. I never thought of that. Just the way you laid that out, I you know that's a that's a great way to frame your thinking. That you've got that page that everybody's going to color in differently. So that's that's, that's excellent. So, if
2: you open your eyes, if you open up a little bit, you can learn a whole lot from all the teachers that you go and watch. You know, if you're going into a classroom thinking I need to see X, Y, and Z and you go into the classroom and you don't see X, Y, and Z and that's how you're evaluating, which is kind of how I used to think I was being evaluated, you know, early on. That doesn't necessarily mean that what's going on in the classroom isn't effective, isn't engaging, isn't exactly what that teacher should be doing in that moment. So, you know, trying to find that that positive. Yeah. Um, so respect them as professionals and individuals. They're connect to their humanity know who they are as human beings and know their limitations too. Like everybody has strengths, everybody has weaknesses. Nobody's Superman or or Wonder Woman or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one's a superhero. Yeah. Um, we can't all do it all, but that's why we have a team. Um, you get those people who are strong at some things and you know, maybe pair them up with the people that are weaker with the other things. And you know, if you can just understand who they are and they know that you care about them i think that's that's a huge step another thing is definitely respect their time again time is time is a big yeah. thing for a teacher there's there's never enough of it if we had 36 hours in a day there would still probably not be enough of it <laughs> you'd uh, want 40 would be coloring that coloring book page in a different way or shading <laughs> in here or doing here you know there's always things we can be doing as teachers so definitely respect their time because you want them to have personal time too so they come in refreshed (laughs) the the next day you
0: know I'm so glad you said the idea of time and what I want to do is um, I just want to take a real quick break to let people hear from some of the sponsors of the show but when we come back I do definitely want to touch on that time piece Um, I think there's a lot to unpack there so we'll be right back Today's podcast is brought to you by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the place out-of-the-box leaders in education turn to to grow their leadership skills. Maybe you're interested in making better decisions, creating your idea week, or building a world-class culture. Learn more at BetterLeadersBetterSchools.com. That's BetterLeadersBetterSchools.com. Okay, and we're back with Deb. And, um, you know, we were just talking about, we just started the topic of time and respecting the teacher's time or the idea of it being their most valuable resource. So I just wanna talk a little bit more about that because, you know, the answer is always time, but sometimes leaders struggle with how to honor a teacher's time when there's other stuff going on. So I don't know if you can talk a little bit to that or if you have anything that leaders should pay attention to when they're thinking about stuff like that.
2: So whenever I'm taking up my teacher's time for whatever reason, I just want to make sure that it's worth their while. They have a lot to do. And and what happens is if if they don't have enough time to do it, other things will suffer, whether that's, you know, creating authentic assessments and really thinking about the validity of them and whatever it might be, or, you know, that lesson planning and, and really creating that engaging activity um, and really thinking that through and having the time to do that and trying to figure out all the pitfalls. The time that you take from them needs to be more important than those things because those are the two most important things that teachers do when they are prepping. When they're in their prep time, they are trying to come up with the most engaging activities that they can and come up with assessments that not only show have the kids show mastery of the material, but also, you know, is authentic, is something that can really reflect a student's knowledge, which is really hard to do. So, and then you have the third, the third part of that. If you take a teacher's time and they have to <laughs> um, make up time somewhere else, it may also take oh, yeah. their personal time, which you know you'll see those teachers who are here till five, six o'clock at night. I don't, I don't know how they do it. So, just be mindful. Be mindful of what you're asking them to do when you're taking that time. And as long as you can say, "Hey, it's it is. It's very important," or it is in line with you know, engaging lessons and, you know, authentic assessment or, you know, something that I think would be beneficial to them or help them um, to make things easier. Or, you know, if you can say that what I have to give them is important enough to take away from those items, then I think that's a good way to know if if you should, you should actually have that particular meeting. Right. And, you know, sometimes we have to meet. There's, you know, and right, I'm not even right. just talking about meetings, but if there's, you know, just make sure to prioritize, you know based on on that, you know, sometimes I think, especially when you're an administrator for a while, and you've been out of the classroom, it can be easy to forget those things. And you kind of start to lose that perspective a little bit, which again, is why I love what I do, because I have that foot and bolt. So I can kind of I can be a voice for the teachers and kind of ground those administrators and say, okay, (laughs) (laughs) your medical's great, but in practice, this may not work because, and I can, I can give that perspective. So um, again, that's just kind of teacher perspective. I know that that's one of the biggest things I hear, um, from teachers is just the
0: time. And perspective is such an important word because, you know, leaders get around and we'll talk about, oh, well, we can do this activity of having teachers, you know, put things on a plate and show that their plate's too full or how they take things off plates. And but unfortunately, you know, a lot of times these activities happen. And then when things get going, it's just the idea of not stopping to take that perspective because. A lot of times, and this is a a popular argument with multitasking, the idea that people say they multitask where all of science says there's no such thing as multitasking because it's a zero-sum game. Whatever you're taking away from your brain, you don't get extra to put to another task. It takes away from the other tasks. So just for leaders to think that, okay, I'm going to ask staff to do this. They don't stop to think from the other side, what does that mean that staff is not doing now? Or what does that mean that staff has to give up? Um, or in, in the in the the case you brought up, which is which is really good, the idea of staff still going to do what they need to do, and out of respect, they're going to go to that meeting. They're going to do that extra thing that you asked them to do, but now they're going to stay late. Now you're moving into the idea of burnout, be, teachers being tired, and things and we, like that. We,
2: you know, we preach self care, but you know, I I tell my colleagues, I. Self-care begins with setting clear boundaries. And, you know, as a leader, I want to make sure that, you know, I have a couple of teachers who will take on all the things. They want to get that exemplary across the board on their, um, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I have overachievers, if you can believe it.
0: No, Um, sir.
2: (laughs) And I've had to have conversations, you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're taking time for yourself. Do not take on too much when you do, you can't, you know, you're doing too much and you can't do anything well when you are burnt out, you know, and then, and then we lose you and that's no good. So
0: right. Then nobody wins, right?
2: Nobody wins. And the kids mm. are, are, you know, the ones that get impacted by that most of all. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know, speaking of time, we're, we're kind of at the end here. And, uh, I have one more question for you that uh, I like to ask just about everybody because it tells me a little bit about themselves or lets people know a little bit about them. If you were not a teacher leader, who would you be and why?
2: So, you know, I don't think that who I am would change if I wasn't a teacher leader. Um, I definitely chose my profession because I wanted to do something that matters every day. Whether, you know, obviously I, I would have picked something in the service industry of some sort. I would have been in the service of people. Um, that's just kind of who I am. But I, I ended up in teaching because I do love kids and, and working with them. But what I do isn't what, who I am, right? I try to bring who I am to what I do. Oh, you know,
0: (laughs) that's no, that's awesome. I didn't want to interrupt you. You were going, I didn't want to interrupt you, but that's a great one more time because that's so important for everybody to hear, especially leaders, because sometimes leaders, you know, don't mix with the teachers. Don't show who you really are. You have to have this air about you, but hit me with that one more time. I think, you know, people can really hear that.
2: So yeah, what I do is not who I am, but I try to bring who I am to what I do. I think you, you know, it becomes more enjoyable. Like I said, you don't have to work so hard. If you, if you just, my grandfather straight off the boat from Italy used to (laughs) say to my mother, you know why I like you, Kathy, you have the one face, right? You've got the one face. That's how he translated it. She's not two faced meaning she's not, you know, over here and a different person over here. She's got the one face. I always used to laugh about that, but it's true. Be who you are, have the one face. You don't have to be something different you know, who you are is, is what we want. We want to know who you are because then you don't have to work so hard and we know what to expect. And, (laughs) you know, you, you know, pattern recognition, right? You, you want that same person (laughs) every time you you talk to them.
0: You had to put that math phrase into that pattern recognition. Yes, Well, you know, (laughs) Yeah, no. That's What a good
2: conversation! If I didn't throw some math in there, <laughs> there
0: you go, there you go. Hey, Deb, thanks for doing this today. Um, I think there's a lot of good things that you said, and I think that a lot of people can get some good things out of this. If anybody wants to get in touch with you or or follow up, or has any more questions for you, um, what's the best way to reach you?
2: Um, you can email me. I'm at debcaruso823 at gmail dot com. So feel free to to email if you have any I don't know my Twitter handle off the top of my head I'm not that Twitter savvy so that's why I get <laughs> the old school email because that's where I am with social media. <laughs> the, tell,
0: tell you what if you want I'll I'll put your email in the show notes but I'll also sure. um, talk to you offline and get your Twitter because I I don't know it off the top of my head but I know that I follow you so I'll I'll get your Twitter handle and I'll put that in the show notes as well
2: all right perfect sounds good
0: all right thanks again Deb I really appreciate it
2: all right thank you so much for having me
0: well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step. Be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway learn more at drcsjones.blog continue to improve and go have a successful week
1: and now a quick word from our sponsor jigsaw learning whether you lead at the school district or division level you're serving a wide array of students and you know that no one person has all the answers when it comes to meeting each of their needs That's why Jigsaw Learning helps leaders and their staff and faculty to develop a collaborative approach. Every child deserves a team, and when you put together the pieces of effective collaboration, you can realize that team's full potential. Connection, relationships, and authentic collaboration are at the foundation of Jigsaw Learning's work. Through professional learning presented on-site, online, or a blend of both, Jigsaw's team of experienced learning associates works with you to develop a personalized plan to help collaborative response thrive in your organization. Learn why educators have described working with Jigsaw Learning as powerful, wonderful, and beneficial for all students. Visit jigsawlearning.ca and connect with the team for information. That's jigsawlearning.ca.
0: There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? visit myflexlearning.com/b to learn more and receive $500 off your first year that's myflexlearning.com/be